you'd like to see more of his videos, his name is Kid President. And uh, he, he's great. He's actually a teenager now, that's an old video, but he's still making videos. And I want us to remember those words that we've heard from him today as we, as we approach our text in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. As we focus in on, on this candle of love like we talked about earlier, we look at the gospel of Matthew and we see what Matthew has to say for us today. Matthew chapter 3, we're starting in verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire." This is the word of the Lord, and we can say, thanks be to God. So again, last week for our Hanging of the Green service, we, we lit our first candle, the candle of hope, and we talked about, although we're waiting for the Lord to return, that God invites us in this journey. And it's not just God gives us the answers and says, the end is, is this is how it's going to play out. It's all going to be okay. But rather, God says, come with me. I will be with you. In today's text, the words of John are calling the prophecy of Isaiah. You see, Isaiah, from the Old Testament, he was some fortune teller who knew exactly how the Messiah was coming. Isaiah was a prophet who God told to proclaim this truth about the coming Messiah. And John makes it clear that we have a part to play while the Messiah is on the way. As he said there in the early verses, we are to prepare the way of the Lord. Last week, I, I showed you that we've ordered several of these Advent devotionals. If you did not get one, we still have some. They are free to you. Um, there's a devotional for every day leading up to Christmas, um, and I highly encourage you to grab one, but um, we have several left if you'd like one. But this week, one of the readings, they refer the author referenced the, the new Aladdin movie. H have you seen in the last eight years or so, Disney has begun remaking their cartoons with real people? Or they redid the line with like new animation and it was really, really good. Do, do, we, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, all right, we've seen those. All right, have you, has anybody seen the new Aladdin that came out a couple years ago? All right, all right. So the, what the author of the devotion mentioned was that in Aladdin, if you remember, the genie at one point comes into town before Aladdin and says, prepare the way for Prince Ali. 
And, and when, when the genie says that, I, I think that everyone probably was kind of like, what, what, is, what does he mean? Who? And I think that's exactly what John is saying to us. He's saying, prepare the way of the Lord because Christ is coming. But we're not really sure what that means. It could very literally mean, you know, Aladdin's case, get the people out of the way, the prince is coming. Or it can mean that something has to change. Something has to change so that when the prince gets there, he's pleased with the people. I think John and Isaiah would both say that this is the answer. God has given them these messages to share because something has to change before Christ returns. Remember, we're not only talking about Mary's pregnancy, but we're also talking about Christ's return that we're preparing for. Something has to change for the one is coming, who is coming to be pleased when he gets here. To put this in a practical situation. So Brittany, my wife, cuts hair, as many of you know. And pretty much every Saturday, Brittany has to work. And so if I'm not tied up with something on that Saturday, I'm, I'll, I'll say something along the lines of, I'll clean up the house while you're gone. Well, I'm trying to get some brownie points, but but also make myself useful, right? And so, Brittany will leave for work, and normally the first thing I do is I go to the laundry, and I grab a load of laundry, and I throw it in the washing machine because it takes a while. So I'm gonna throw it in the washing machine while I can clean and do other things. Then I come back later, and I swap the clothes, put more clothes in, and then I continue doing the la- doing, cleaning the house and doing things. And But you know, after you've worked all week, and it's Saturday, and you're around the house, sometimes you get a little distracted. So sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll be cleaning one area of the house, and maybe I find something that I forgot about. Or maybe somebody calls me, so I get distracted. Or maybe I'm, I'm trying to clean the house, and then I look outside, and I see, oh yeah, the shed. We need to do such and such in the shed. So I, I go outside, and you know, I start working on the shed. My goal when Brittany returns home from work is not just that she says, wow, it looks good in here. But it, my real goal is that she says, it smells good in here. Because, you know, you can put stuff away and, and move it all. But if she can't smell bleach when she walks in, it's not clean. But I will confess, there have been times where I've said, I'll clean up the house while you're gone. But as a hairstylist, people can cancel appointments on Brittany. So maybe originally I thought, oh, she'll be home about 4 o'clock. Well, then sometimes the last appointment will cancel. And that appointment might have been a two-hour slot. So now instead of 4 o'clock, I have until 2 o'clock. That's not a lot of time. And if I'm already behind, this is not a good thing. Well, or when I get distracted and I just don't realize what time it is and she comes home at the time she said, it's not a good thing either. Now, she might come in and I've done all I could do and I didn't get distracted and and she might come in and, and go to the bathroom and realize, oh, he forgot the bathroom trash. 
but that's not that big a deal because she sees the effort that I put in. She, it smells good. The, the house is much cleaner than when she left, and the fact that the bathroom trash didn't get taken out, no big deal. That's a two-second job. Or if, you know, she comes home and she drops something behind the couch and moves the couch a little bit and sees dust behind the couch. Well, no worries. It was just a Saturday, you know, can't get to everything in such a short amount of time. So she's gracious in that way. But also, when I don't do what I told her I was going to do, she has every right to be upset. If I tell her, oh, I'll clean up the house while you're gone, and she comes home and there's more dishes in the sink than when she left, and nothing has been put in, in the wash, and the vacuum is still in the closet, I can't get upset that she's getting upset. I didn't keep my word. Hmm. Had I allowed myself to get distracted and get busy with something else, like we talked about last week, she could have come home and found that all I did was put in that initial load of laundry, and then I got distracted. You know, and we say all the time that God knows our hearts, and I, I do believe that. If Christ returns and finds that we were busy about the work or preparing the way, and it's not quite perfect, I believe that Christ will be able to look at us and say, it smells nice in here. And, and Christ will be able to see that we gave it all we had. He just got back earlier than we thought. If this happens, Christ looks at us and says, well done, I can finish the rest. This is what it means to partner with God in making all things new. Now, if Christ returns and all we did was put in that first load of laundry and we left it and it's all nasty and sour because we didn't put it in the dryer in time and, and we literally, you know, gave this much effort... We didn't prepare the way. We'll be like last week's text, the people in the flood that heard all about what was coming, but only Noah was faithful in preparing the way for what was next. John says that the Messiah is coming and he can't even untie his sandals. If we had more time today, I would tell you my shoe tying story. If you haven't heard it, please ask me after church. I will gladly tell it to you. I made a fool of myself. John is saying here that as we prepare the way of the Lord, we need to realize that we're not worthy to even untie his shoes. What is John saying? John's saying, you're not even worthy to clean this house. Rebecca, have you ever gone to clean a house and felt, I'm not even worthy to be in here? That's, what, that's at the heart of what John is saying. He's saying, hey, God is asking you to do this work but watch out because you're not really worthy to do it. But the fact that God has called you to do it, you better give it all you got. Because if he shows up and you gave it an ounce of effort, the winning fork is already in his hand. And then John goes on to say that he baptizes with water, but the Messiah will baptize with fire. You see, John was profound. John was a good preacher. John had a following in those days. Nowadays, people with followers, what do they want? More followers, right? That, that's always the goal. But John is unique in the fact that his goal is for someone else to gain followers. 
We, like John, are to influence people to follow and show them that while they see us, what they see in us is special, they have to see the one who is to come, the one who we reflect, the one whose house we're not worthy to clean. He's coming back, and he wants to see that we're preparing the way and he, like I said, he has his winnowing fork in hand. There is judgment coming. Those who are not preparing the way will be picked out and will not get to be a part of this new creation. To try to help as many people not go to hell, we have to be about preparing the way of the Lord. But the goal here is that people don't join in because they don't want to go to hell, rather because they realize how unworthy they are to do this work. Yet God allows them to do it anyway. That they join in with the work because they adore the one who is calling them to it. Not because they're scared of the outcome if they don't. I think those of us that have been a part of the church for a long time, we forget about this. We're not worthy to do this work. None of us are going to be perfect in carrying out our callings. We're going to make mistakes, but we weren't worthy in the first place. If you've messed up, your mistake does not disqualify you from the grace that invited you into this work in the first place. God's grace to you, it's an act of love. The ultimate act of love And on the second week of Advent, as we think of love, may we realize that as we prepare the way of the Lord, we're doing exactly what Kid President challenged us to do. Acting as people who are full of love, who love others because Christ first loved us. May we remember today that the only way that we're going to point people to Jesus that we're waiting on is through love. Through doing things contrary to what the world thinks we need to do, and through ways to, pre- to truly prepare the way for Christ to return. To love is to act. For if we truly love the other, we will act. It will call us to do something. Looking forward next year, as, as we're already winding down 2022, I really want us to ask ourselves this question. Who do we need to love? And as we answer that, we need to be willing to do what God calls us to do and not worry about losing the relationship with that person altogether. We need to ask this question of ourselves, but also collectively as a church. Who do we need to love this coming year? I feel that if we narrow down answer to that question... We can hone in our efforts and we can really love people well. We can use our resources in a focused manner that will allow us to lack this time next year and say, we loved well this year. I'm going to issue a challenge and it's a little early, but I want to go ahead and prepare you for this so you can be prepared. So Christmas is on a Sunday this year and New Year's is on a Sunday. I want to challenge us as a church that for those seven days that we fast together. You can fast whatever you want to fast, but for the majority of us, I'm going to ask you to stay off of social media for an entire week. 
Put your phone away. Use it for phone calls. But let's... For two reasons. One, during that week, you'll be with family a lot. Most of us will be. Put the phone away. Spend time with them. But also because I want us to be praying and listening together for the voice of God as he tells us who we need to love this coming year. I think it's easy to just walk around and say, oh, we need to love everybody, which is true. That is true. But I think we use that as a cop-out to not focus our love and our attention on anyone. Well, if we're to love everybody, how can I spend time with everybody? I just can't. That's why you're not alone in this work. But God is calling you to love somebody and to love them well. To focus attention. So for that week, I invite us to fast and to pray for this coming year. To say, Lord, who is it this year? Who is it that I need to pour into? Maybe it's one person. Maybe it's a group. Who is it? And for our church, how can our church do acts of love in our community that are meaningful and reach people? How and who needs to do that? This morning, uh, depending on what time you came in, I, I haven't looked out, but it was really foggy this morning. Did anybody drive in in the fog? Yeah, okay, so it, it, it lingered for a while. About, about 7.45 this morning, I was sitting at the red light out here by the church, and to look up on the hill, you couldn't see the church. And I came up the driveway, and I got out of my car, and from the church... I couldn't see anything else. I couldn't see our, com- our community. I'm concerned this might be the reality that we've lived in. And this is not okay. You see, for us to love well, we cannot exist without recognizing and embracing our city. When we love well for a long time, our begin to see that our church exists. The fog will begin to clear and they will see that they were not introduced to our church on this hill but they were introduced to our church in their home or in their office or at the park or at the community center. You see, for us to prepare the way of the Lord, we must love well. And to love well is to act. Act is to be the hands and feet of Jesus that begin to clear the fog that is lingering between us and the community. And today, I can't think of any better way to to practice preparing the way. How do we do this? We do it through partaking in the meal that Christ gave to us. The ultimate act of love, the ultimate act of sacrifice to say, what does it mean to love well? It means to lay down your life. It means to give all that you have. And when Christ gave all that he had, the world changed forever. So this meal invites us to be agents of love, agents of change in the world that are full of love, that can love well, and can point others to the God that we are waiting on. This morning, I'm going to ask Karen if you would come and play something for us as, as we partake. In the Church of the Nazarene, practice open communion. This means that you don't have to be a Nazarene uh, to, or a member of this church to, to partake. But rather, we just say that this is for those who confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
if I could just get a couple of volunteers to come and to serve. Um, I invite you as, as, as they serve that we would take a posture of prayer. Ask that the Holy Spirit would seek your heart for anything that stands between you and the Lord today. Anything that, that is hindering you from loving well and ask that God would seek you. Seek your heart. Uh, if you'll pass them out. In this time in prayer, asking God, who do I need to love? How do I need to love? How can I prepare the way for the Lord? And if you hold your elements, we will partake together. Has everyone been served that would like to be served?
Let us pray together. Lord, today for us, we proclaim the great mystery of our faith that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come We thank you that you meet with us in the waiting. Father, today as we partake of this meal together, may these elements be for us your broken body and shed blood so that we could be your broken body and shed blood to the world around us. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you needed a reminder this morning that you're not worthy to do this work, may this meal be that reminder for us. That Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, the very night that he knew it was all going to go downhill, he invited even the one who was to betray him to this table. And before the meal, he took the bread and he broke it. He blessed it and he broke it and he gave thanks for it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And after they had completed the meal, he took the last cup and he blessed it. And while the disciples might not have realized it in that moment, Jesus was saying to them, this is the blood of my new covenant. No more animals have to die. No more sacrifice of blood has to be made for I have made this new covenant with you. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you. Take and drink. In remembrance of me. And at this time, Pastor Cassidy is going to come and dismiss.